life. And I am elated to have him as my spiritual father. You know this, in, in uh, Jewish culture, um, you know, they had regular fathers. But actually, the, the culture would say that whoever started teaching the young man the word of God was actually deemed their father. Whoever started teaching the young man the word of God was actually deemed their father. A lot of times people criticize or look down upon you calling someone that's not your dad, your father. I do have a dad. My dad's name is Keith Ash the first. If I said senior, my mom would lose it. <laughs> it's Keith. They're watching online right now. Mom, I said it right, mom. <laughs> but Keith, Keith Ash the first. But I also have a spiritual father. And, and here's why. My dad raised us in the way of the Lord. I mean, they brought us up in the way of the, my brother's here. He's nodding his head in the back. We, uh, matter of fact, my parents, my parents would say this to us. They didn't have to drag us. We, we were actually excited to go. I, I've, I've only seen that one other time. I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I've only seen that one other time. Two other times. In, in the Anderson kids but also in these two young men right here if I ask them to come, they come I don't have to beg them I don't have to drag them they have an opportunity to come, they come I'm gonna, I tell you this but there came a time in my life where my, my brother is here and he has a spiritual father and a spiritual mother right, but we still have the same dad, we still have the same but also the Lord led me and my wife to Apostle John, to Apostle John and Apostle Kim, prophet, prophetess, hallelujah. What, what uh, first lady. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. But he, the Lord led us here, and I tell you this, our lives changed. And I'm telling you, telling you this for this reason. If you're attached to this man and woman of God, you need to value what you have. I'm serious. You need to value what you have because you have a gift to the body of Christ. This preaching that you receive here, this teaching that you receive here transcends generations. Seriously, if I was a teenager, at one time I was, but if I was a teenager and I would have had the freedom, I'd say this kind of boldly, but if I would have had the freedom to go to any church and I knew what was right, I would have been here. I would have been here. This teaching, it matures you. It matures you. And many people have been in church all of their life and they're immature, carnally minded, still 50 years, 60 years old and you don't want healing in your body and the, and the word says that you can have healing? You're carnally minded. You don't even know it. You're held captive to religion and you need teaching and preaching and deliverance that will set you free. All right, I'm, I'm okay. All right. But what I'm telling you is that's what you're getting here. So let's give God praise one more time. Hallelujah.
All right, let's read. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed, to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Look at somebody and say, I'm highly favored. For the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when he saw him, she was troubled. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So he reassures her. She was a highly favored one, but now he's telling her, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now watch that. He didn't ask her. He didn't ask Mary if she was willing to receive Jesus. He said, you will. You will receive and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now, let's pause right there. Um, when the scripture says he will give him the throne of his father, David, just a little teaching, I want to show you this, that the reason that we see that, he's, that the angel is saying he will have the throne of his father, David, is because do you remember that God makes a promise to David? That till his kingdom, there would be no end. Now watch what the angel Gabriel is about to say in verse 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob for how long? And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Look at verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. Now this is the same no that we see that we see in Genesis when Adam's when the Bible says that Adam knew Eve. Adam knew actually at that time Adam knew woman. Adam knew woman because he had not yet called her Eve yet. But Adam knew woman and they they begot Cain. And then the Bible says then he called her Eve. Then he called her Eve. And then again he knew her or she knew him again. And then they got Abel, right? So this, this is the same no that, that okay, you know that no. That, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Look at somebody and say, he's getting ready to come upon me. Come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of god the son of god now indeed elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age do you see what he's doing here the angel is now he's buttering her up he's explaining to her this might sound unbelievable but you also know that your cousin Elizabeth was barren. 
Matter of fact, the Bible says, if you would read before this, it was known throughout the town. She was so, it was so known that she was embarrassed when she actually got pregnant. She was embarrassed when she got pregnant. And she said to Zacharias, or, or uh, yes, yeah, she said to Zacharias, she said, now the Lord has found favor in me, or now the Lord has desired to put his glory on me. So now the angel is explaining to Mary, Mary, this is real. Look at somebody and say, it's real. He's showing her this is real, Mary. This is real. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, that's the angel. That's the angel that says this. Now, watch what Mary says back. Then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Now, that maidservant is the same maidservant that you would see in James, James 1 and 1 when he says, hello, my name is James and I am a love slave or a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Mary is using dialect that would actually let everybody know that she is truly one who is sold out for God. She's using language that displays, I'm all in. Look at somebody and say, I'm all in. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want to leave a thought with you this morning. If you repeat this after me, obedience led me here. Obedience led me here. You can be seated. You can be seated. Obedience led me here. So many times in life, we are asking God to be this and to do this and to open up this door and to open or close that door and Lord, show me a new way and show me how to do this. But the reality is, is that we struggle with simple obedience. We struggle with simple obedience. What God asks us to be is obedient. Uh, and sometimes obedience seems crazy. Sometimes obedience seems a little, uh, what's that cereal? Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> It makes us seem as if we've lost our mind, sort of like Moses when Moses speaks to a rock and water comes flooding out of the rock, right? Uh, and you know, the next time Moses got a little hard-headed and decides that he's going to strike the rock. But that was still crazy. It wasn't obedience. It was, it was cuckoo, though. Um, and, but sort of like the Israelites when he says to the Israelites, only take food for today don't store I know you're going to be hungry tomorrow don't take it for today because I'm going to provide again tomorrow it sounds crazy because there's access here there's more here that I can take and have for tomorrow but God is asking more so requiring from us simple obedience Master, we've been fishing all night and we ain't caught nothing. 
But nevertheless, at your word. At your word, Lord, we'll, we will launch out into the deep. It was simple obedience that allowed for a great harvest. And I just actually want to pause right there. And if you're believing God for an abundant harvest in the next year, why don't you give God a 10-second praise right now? 10. 9. Oh, show. It's yours according to your faith. Simple obedience unlocks the door to abundance. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. I like this church. Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Obedience is a tool that God uses, watch this, to gauge your words. He uses obedience to gauge your words. This is what I believe God is sitting back saying. Either they're going to put up or shut up. You said you trust me. Now let me see the action behind it. That's where the word kicks in. That faith without works is dead. If I say I trust God, I do actions that align with my word. So I call him master, but what do I do in my life that shows him that he's master? I call him Lord, but what do I do in my life that shows him that he's Lord? I call him Savior, but what do I do in my life that shows him that he's Savior? It's not the problem. I believe one of the biggest problems with the church is we've grown so accustomed to lip service we've grown so accustomed to allowing our mouths to run matter of fact I had a friend and he would call me on Wednesdays because we were supposed to have a uh, meeting every single Wednesday and this is during the time Apostle John will tell you that I'm getting better at this I used to be very very flaky they would send me messages, Lord God, I'm, I'm trying to get better. Uh, you know, they would send me messages. I would supposed to be there on Wednesdays, and I would be caught up doing everything else but being prepared to run to this meeting. One day, my buddy pulled me to the side. His name is Josh Coleman. He's probably one of, the, one of my favorite white people in the whole wide world. <laughs> Because Josh will come running out the house with no shoes on, get in the car, go to the store with no shoes on, and he looks like a, a display of Jesus. Long hair, just, I mean, it's just all out. He's rocking it out. I love Josh. He's one of my best, one of my best friends. And this is why Josh became one of my best friends. Because one day, Josh pulled me to the side, and he said to me, he said, man of God. And I was like, yeah. He said, are you really a man of God? And I say, well, yeah, Josh, don't question me. Now. I don't, no, you know, no. <laughs> I'm a man of God. He said, well, then you need to be a man of your word. He said, well, then you need to be a man of your word. He said, you told me to meet you at this sub shop. Now, just a shameless plug. I don't know. If, I don't even know the name of the sub shop. What's the name of the sub shop, Keena? Over there by uh, the old sports authority. It's in a little cut. That thing. 
Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Williams, if you're watching this, brother, you are blessed. Hallelujah. God. But I tell you, they have the most amazing subs. And so I would really want to go to the meetings, but I would just find myself so busy. And he said, well, stop telling me that you're coming. Stop texting me every week and say, Wednesday, question mark. But how do you think God feels? How do you think God feels when we give him lip service and never show up? We never show up because our actions never do. Our mouths are saying, Lord, we love you. And our lives look like hell. Our our mouths are saying, Father, we trust you with our finances. But then when it comes time to pay a bill that you don't have the money for, you're calling everybody else to pay it. Watch this. This is why I tell you that I've learned more in the last few months of my life than I ever have. Because I started reading the book that Apostle John and Apostle Kim wrote. And I have literally had to exercise my faith. I've had to exercise my faith. And I've had to put my money where my mouth is. And I've had to back up what I've been telling God. God, you said that you would supply all of my needs. So watch this, Lord. I take my hands off of it. My actions now have to align with what I've been saying. They have to align. And God uses obedience again to gauge our words. Watch this. Obedience is so important. Let's turn here. 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Glory to God. Now watch this. God has given Saul, King Saul at the time. He's been king now for two years. He's given King Saul clear instructions to go in and demolish everything. Take it all out. Simple obedience. Simple obedience. Take it out. And get up out of there and come on back home. Now, now watch this. I, I, I actually heard this while I was sitting in the seat. I didn't have this written down, but I, I want to share this with you. The word came through a man of God. The word from the Lord came through a man of God. Now, I want to show you this because some of you might be sitting in this church and you actually have a vendetta against the pastors. Now, watch. I want to just show you this. I want to show you this. I just want to, I just want to show you this. There was a guy by the name of Nalvin Troy Lewis. I don't know if you guys remember him. He was a big-time preacher in the city. He had a fall from grace, and, but he came back about maybe about five years ago and Nalvin Troy Lewis used to ride out with me and my brothers all the time. We would take uh, Elder Troy, that's what they would call him, Elder Troy, who was a preaching machine, by the way. I mean, he had a fall from grace, but he was a preaching machine. Matter of fact, 
he taught me a lot of different things. One of those things, he said, go back and listen to all of J.O. Patterson's old messages. <laughs> J.O. Patterson's, all of his old messages. And watch this. Me and Elder Troy actually had a fallout. Elder Troy came to church one Sunday. I'm telling you this for a reason. Elder Troy came to church one Sunday, and uh, he was straightforward. He was a straightforward kind of guy. And so church is in a high drive. I mean, we're in there giving God praise at PT. This is when, at PT. We're at, we're at PT. We, we, it was going ham in there. We, we were going in, and Elder Troy grabs the mic. And me and my, I hope Saxon's watching, but my cousin Saxon is sitting way in the far, far back, and I was playing the organ. And we had just decided the night before that this is one of our last times we ever did this, Apostle John, so you don't have to pull off your belt. But we decided to go to the club the night before. And so we get to church, and uh, I have forgot, I forgot that Elder Troy was riding in the car with us all the time. So he grabs the mic in the middle of service, and he yells out, Saxton, Brother Saxton. And I'm looking at him like, what is he about to say? (laughs) He says, Brother Saxton, today is your day. And Saxton's looking in the back like, what is this man talking about? Now, my Aunt Leslie said something to us so powerful. He actually, that day, he cleared us. I mean, when I say he checked us from all the way down, A to Z. He's like, y'all want to keep going to the club, but you want to be preachers. You up there playing on the organ, but you want to be you you want to go to the club. And he was correcting us. Watch this. He was correcting us, but we had a vendetta with him. We had a vendetta with him. Guess what? My aunt Leslie, she said to me in Saxton, she says it doesn't matter who the word of the Lord came through. She said, was it the word of the Lord? That changed my perspective on getting a word from God because I always wanted a word from God from people that I loved and not from people that actually loved me. some of you might be sitting in this room right now and you're saying I'm like Saul I don't want to receive from Samuel right now Samuel ain't seeing it the way I'm seeing it but I'm trying to tell you that the word of the Lord won't change whoever's he'll he'll send it out of a baby's mouth the word of the Lord is the word of the Lord Now watch this. Samuel goes to Saul. And Saul says, man, listen, I know I was supposed to take this stuff. I know I, I, know I was supposed to get rid of it all. But I, I just, when I walked into this land, it looked so, it looked so luxurious. I couldn't, I couldn't let it, I couldn't let it go. So what I was going to do was... I was actually going to offer this up to God. I, had, I, I was going to take the best and offer it to God. Now, remember, simple obedience. Get rid of it all. Get rid of it all. Get rid of it all. 
So this is where we get the phrase or the saying that obedience is better than sacrifice. Now let's read it. So Samuel said, has the Lord, has the Lord, has the Lord as great delight and burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Now, what he didn't say that God doesn't have take pleasure in sacrifices and offering. He said, does he, has, does he have as great a delight? So there is a delight. There is a delight. But there's a greater delight. And only, watch this, only the Spirit will lead you to a greater delight. The soul led Saul to a delight. The Lord could have taken pleasure in a sacrifice. But that wasn't the greater. That wasn't the greater delight. So what Saul did was he lessened the glory that God was actually supposed to receive. Because the glory was not in an offering. The glory was in obedience. So as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed than the fat of rams. Now to heed means to caution to or to yield to. Now, how many times have we been in church and the Holy Spirit will be moving? Now, watch this. I know it does not happen in this church from the head, but maybe check yourself. Because have you been in church and the Holy Spirit would begin to move? And you say, "Uh uh-uh. Not today. I came looking too good. I don't feel like, no, not today. I'm not going to heed, God. How does that sound? God, I'm not going to heed to you today. No. You said it, but no, Lord. I, I, I know better. That's what you're really saying. God, I know, I know better than you. I, I have a better way than you. When he clearly says to us that your ways are not even my ways. That your, matter of fact, your ways are way lesser than his ways. Because your ways lead to death. And I'm about to show you. Next verse. For, this is the verse that many people will not preach, but we're going to preach it. For rebellion is as the sin of what? Or you're operating in the spirit of divination. Now, Apostle John just explained this. He came in to a, a meeting of, of ours, and he shared with us the, uh, about the spirit of divination. Now, D, die, means to divide. Right? And if you have the spirit of divination, what you're, act, you're actually uh, in division. In other words, you have multiple visions. Has anybody ever seen like uh, the way that a bee's eyes look and how they have all those different, you know, uh, and every little eye is, is probably looking at something different. 
Oh, Lord. That's what happens when you begin to operate in the spirit of divination. What's happening is, is that your eyes are everywhere. You have no clear focus. You have no clear target. Matter of fact, you're going to miss the mark. See, I played baseball, and I was pretty good. Jonathan is probably ten times better than I am. But uh, we're going we to test that out at the batting cage very, very soon. And what happens is, is when you're playing baseball, and <laughs> you say, I don't want to do that. <laughs> we ain't going to do it. We're just going for fun. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a little older now, so I don't, know. I don't know if I still got that same. But we'll see. But, but what happens is if, if I'm getting ready to swing at a ball, if I just tilt my head just a little bit, just a little bit, my eye is no longer focused on this 90 mile an hour fastball that's coming and I need to connect with it because the coach getting ready to take me out the game. <laughs> I, got, I got to connect because if I don't connect this time, I'm 0 for 3. <laughs> they taking me out. You know what I'm saying? I, I got to hit it. I got to do something with it this time. So I have to keep my vision locked in. I have to keep my vision locked in. So what happens is, is that the spirit of rebellion comes upon Saul. And Saul now begins to operate in divination. In other words, the vision that God has, he's against the vision of God. Man. Simple obedience there's one vision in this house they didn't ask me to preach this but i'm gonna preach it there's one vision in this house and if you're against the vision you're operating in the spirit of rebellion and you're acting as if you're a witch and if that's you you need to get up and go Because this ain't the house for you. This ain't the church for you. Find you a church that you can serve at, that you want to come under the vision, that you want to heed to the vision. And if you don't want to heed, bye-bye. If you don't want to follow what God, now watch this, and stubbornness. Now, how was he stubborn? How was he stubborn? Let's walk back the story. How was he stubborn? He was stubborn because do you remember when the prophet Nathan comes to David? King David. King David had made a mistake. He got to know Bathsheba. He got to know Bathsheba, killed her husband, tried to get her husband to come back home, get to know her some more than he already knew her. And so that he could say that this was, this is your baby now. This ain't my baby. Watch this. David knows he's messed up. The prophet Nathan comes to David and immediately he heeds. He repents. Matter of fact, that's where we get the scripture Psalms 51. Created me a clean heart, oh God, and what? Renew. 
So I don't have time to really, really, really touch this, but I said this last week. This just, I really felt like the Lord was saying this, and I know that you all have been getting this teaching, so Dad can go back and really refine this later. He's, he could preach this, and it would be crazy in this church. But what, what, what happened is, is David confesses. David then begins to meditate, and then David receives a rhema word. In other words, what I'm saying is that there is a process to cleansing the soul. And you can think that it's new age if you want to and miss what God is trying to do in your life. What happened is, is that new age then took what God has for us and trying to twist it, flip it, turn it, convert it, pervert it. But meditation is for the body of Christ. You ought to meditate on the word. That's why David said, I've heard your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He's meditated on it. In other words, he's flipped that word over and over. The same word. Watch this. The same word over and over and over. Created me a clean heart. You think he just wrote that? This was the, out of the abundance of the heart. Created me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit. In other words, David wasn't stubborn. David had a repented heart. David had simple obedience. Somebody shout simple obedience. On the other hand, the king that had been king for two years, who the Lord chose. The Lord chose him. Saul was not a bad man at first. God chose Saul. Saul was a good man. Saul just decided to be stubborn. And what, see, I believe, I believe that this second part, I don't have much scripture to back it up. Apostle John, you qualify this. I believe that this second part of this verse is actually what causes the hand of God to lift off of him. It wasn't rebellion that caused it to leave. What caused it to leave was stubbornness. Because watch what it says. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. In other words, idolatry, you know this. He actually had another God. So what God says is then why do you need my oil upon your life? You can have the oil of that God. And let's see what, you can't carry mine though. So what he does is, is that Saul was king for 40 years. I posed this question last week at church. I said, what is, what is worse, uh, being a king for two years with the oil and, and then falling from grace or being a king for 38 years without any oil? Being a king for 38 years without any oil. No, no, watch this. He could not, he no longer could hear God for himself. No longer could hear God for himself. There's many times in scripture you see David who was anointed by God. He would talk with God on his own. He didn't need a prophet to come to him. But Saul, Saul had a, he had this thing, it was called an infirmity in the soul. Oh, man. Wow. And that infirmity in the soul would not allow him to be obedient to God. 
So, man, well, let me, let me say this. Let me, one more thing. Do you remember when Saul is getting ready to be killed? Now, this is what honor does. Dan was speaking on honor. This is what honor does. Saul is at war, him and his sons, and they're getting ready to be killed. They see that the, the, the enemy's armies are closing in upon them. Saul, actually, there's two accounts of this. There's two accounts. The first account says that Saul fell over on his own sword and died. So he committed suicide, right? Then the second account is that a man comes running to David and he says to David, David, in your honor, man, I did this for you, David. The king asked me to kill him and I killed him for you. Now, which one is true? This is crazy. This is crazy. This is what they taught us, and in, in actually, in, in Bible college. This man who comes running to David was actually seeking a higher position. He thought that David was about to lift him up because he killed Saul. Instead, David slays him. Instead, David slays him. I don't even know why the Lord talk, took me here, but I'm just going to say this to you. Don't come spreading lies to the pastors. Man, because what it does is it actually makes you look like a fool. I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, okay. But what it does is it actually makes you look foolish. And it, it, what the man of God now wants to do is cut your head off. Because why you come and telling me this? Even if it's the truth. Man, all right. Okay. Because the motive was to gain access to what, they had, to what David had. If you come bearing something and it's in the wrong spirit, they're going to know. They're going to know because they're never just going to take your word for it. They're going to take the word that you gave them, take it to the Lord, and the Lord's going to reveal, well, this is the truth, but you know what's trying to happen right now. Man, all right, okay. Jair, you, all right, I'm just making sure. Okay, okay, I'm making, I'm making sure. <laughs> oh, man. So stubbornness, watch this does not happen in the spirit. Stubbornness happens in the soul. It happens in the soul. Your soul has no desire to do the will of the Lord. Your soul has no desire to do the will of the Lord. But your soul must come under subjection of the spirit. Your soul must come under subjection of the spirit. Watch this. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. The Lord took me here this morning. And I was like, okay, Lord, Lord let's go. Glory. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Let's go to chapter 4, verse 1. We're getting ready to read about new. Adam knew Eve. Here we go. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain 
and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now watch that. Do you ever hear, because I, I, the Lord showed me this this morning, I've been taught this all of my life, that God asked them for an offering. Did we just read that? God didn't ask them for an offering. It says it came to time. In other words, and I know you've been taught this, but there's seed, time, and harvest. There came a time that it was now time for him to take what the Lord had given to him and to offer it back to the Lord. I believe that this would be what we call not a tithe, but a first fruit. This is the first time you see now an offering back to the Lord. And this is what happens. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase so we can move along because we need to get to the next part of this. But what happens is, you know what, let's read it. Uh, I don't, all right, Lord, let's read it. <laughs> Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not, but, the Lord has a big but. <laughs> Apostle Derber's watching. <laughs> but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Now, we know just from reading the last three words, his countenance fell, that he was not operating in the spirit. He was in the soul. His countenance fell. Now, I want to show you that Cain actually had a word from the Lord. Watch this. Let's go back to verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now, watch this. Cain was operating in this moment. He was operating from what he felt in the spirit. You know this because Abel got the same word in the spirit. Abel got the same word in the spirit. What happened is this, is that Cain received the word, but allowed his soul to take the word and change it and flip it and turn it around. So Cain offers God an offering that's not his best, but he offers him an offering. So the soul grabbed a word from the spirit and says, hey, we can do it this way, though. We can, we can give him a lesser. What was it again in, in, in uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 15? He says, verse 22. He says he, but he offered him a, a lesser, uh, uh, oh, here it is. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. A lesser delight. A lesser delight. The soul grabbed, it delighted Cain. 
It delighted Cain, but it didn't delight God. What happened is simple obedience went out the window. And the soul took over. And whenever the soul takes over, there's sure to be destruction that follows. Abel has the same word from the Lord. He operates in the spirit. And because he operates in the spirit, he receives the delight from heaven and just receiving the offering. So there's two delights. One is just lesser than the other. Man, okay. You don't believe this? Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Glory to God. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Man, we're going to read 5 and 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now watch this. The flesh is okay with receiving the desire of the flesh. That's why Cain was upset that God didn't receive his offering. Because to Cain, this offering was the best thing ever. He <laughs> I tied that shoe. <laughs> y'all seen Coach Carter? Y'all ain't seen Coach Carter. <laughs> oh, man. So to Cain, this was amazing. This was, man, this is the best offering I've ever given. It's his first offering. I, oh, man. This is, it, matter of fact, it was his best offering he's ever given. It was just sorry. <laughs> we done went from simple obedience to sorry obedience. <laughs> and I know y'all read a proverb a day. So I know you've been reading in Proverbs where it talk about a lazy man. Matter of fact, I believe yesterday, Proverbs 24, it was talking about the lazy man and how his field will yield nothing. Matter of, no, it says his field is full, actually. It's overgrown with thorns. Why? Because he's lazy. Sorry, obedience. Man. Now let's go to verse 6. For to be carnally minded or to operate in the soul is death. But to be spiritually minded is peace. Now watch this. You know what peace is. Prosperity. Prosperity. So to operate in the spirit, I receive an abundance on the other side. Okay. Now watch this. That word flesh in the Greek is uh, the word, well, the number G4561. And it's the word sarx. Sarus. And it means, watch this, the senses nature of man. The animal nature the animal nature you okay you you definitely got sorry obedience if you got to operate like an animal okay 
without any suggestion of depravity, depravity, the animal nature with cravings which incite to sin. Which incite to sin. The physical nature of man is subject to suffering. Now, this thing has really been sitting on me very heavy because Apostle Derber, uh, about two, two, three weeks ago, we were sitting at the table and he started talking about how we fellowship in the suffering of Christ. And I've really been meditating on that thing. And he was like, you know, we've been teaching it wrong. We don't have to suffer to suffer with Christ. We fellowship as in God, you did this and I received the benefit of it. But in the flesh, you suffer. Because if you go back to Romans 8 verse 1, it says, Now therefore there is now no condemnation for who? For those who are in, who do not walk according to the, you're not an animal. You're not an animal. Look at somebody and say, I'm not an animal. I just wanted to remind you, I'm not an animal. I'm not not an animal. But I walk according to the spirit. I walk according to the spirit. Now, that word spirit is pneuma. Pneuma. Which we could give many definitions, but I want to just give you this one. A life-giving spirit a life-giving spirit now let's go to first corinthians chapter 15 verse 44 1 corinthians chapter 15 verse 44 it says well let me give you time to get there because i'm 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 going <laughs> it says it is sown a natural body it is raised a what There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Watch verse 45. And it is, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being or living creature. Became a living creature. In other words, he was an animal that had a soul. He was an animal that had a soul. He was this flesh that we see here. Now, now watch the words very carefully. I actually, the Lord showed me this a, 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 a couple of months ago. That word became. The word became because we do know that Adam was created where? In the image of God. So Adam was a life-giving spirit. He had to be that. Matter of fact, if you go back to Genesis chapter 4, it talks about how after the fall of man, the Lord clothed them in skin. So in the Garden of Eden, they didn't even have, after the fall of man, they didn't even have this skin that we see right They were shining with glory just like the Lord himself. They were radiant in glory and the beauty and splendor that God himself is clothed in. Like when Jesus was transfigured. That's the body that they had. I'm 
Why? Because of sorry obedience. Because of sorry obedience, he became a living being. In other words, he lost his access to a God nature. He lost his access to having life as God has it. He lost his access to a life-giving spirit. And now we can rejoice as Christmas. The only way we got it back was because of Jesus. And as Apostle Derber would say, the resurrection life power. That is what Jesus said. Matter of fact, in Jesus, I believe it's John 10 or John 9 and 10 or John 10, 9. He said, I am the doorway. 10, 9. John 10, 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That word saved is sozo. He will be saved. In other words, brought back to the God nature. So Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, not because they ate from the tree of good and evil. They were kicked out of the Garden of Eden because God didn't want them to have good and evil for forever. He says, I kicked them out of here because the tree of life was still in the Garden of Eden. And if I leave you in there, you're going to eat from that tree. And then you're going to be good and bad for forever. So now, through resurrection life power, we have access back to that tree again. That's why Jesus said in John 11, when Lazarus died, he said, if you're in me, you shall never die. For I am the resurrection. In other words, that tree that was in the garden was actually Jesus. The tree in the garden was God himself because he's the only one who can give and take life. So he kicks them out of the garden of Eden because they're operating in another spirit. And watch this. Sorry obedience stinks to God. That's why he sent Samuel to Saul. Because he smelt sorry obedience. We sing day and night, night and day, let incense rise. But why don't you check your incense? Because your incense starting to smell a little funky. Obedience, simple obedience leads to life as God has it first Peter chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 it says therefore gird up your loin gird up the loins of your mind be sober and rest your hope fully this is simple obedience fully upon the grace that man oh my god you just said that to me in the back simple obedience allows the grace to flow Fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So grace only flows, or actually watch this, 
Obedience to God can only flow when you see Jesus rightly. The problem is that our gaze has a blur. Our gaze has a blur. We're looking at Jesus, but then there's things that are jumping in the way that are blurring our vision. Lord, I can't see you. So now, simple obedience turns into distracted obedience. Or simple obedience turns into augmented obedience because I can't see the Lord and his beauty and holiness and the right revelation now so I can now do whatever I want to do. Because seeing him also equates to hearing his voice. How do you know this? In Revelations chapter 4, John says, first, he heard the Lord. Then he turns around and says, I saw the Lord. In other words, because he heard his voice, it showed that he was in proximity of God. And if he was in proximity, there had to be a chance that he was getting ready to see him. Come here, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus says, if I can just climb up this tree. If I could just, I, I heard that he's coming by. I got to see him though. I don't want to just hear his voice. I got to see him. Man, oh, oh Lord. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves. So the right revelation of Jesus allows you to not conform yourselves to the former lust. The right revelation of Jesus. Man, oh my goodness. Jesus. Man, Evangelist Warren. Evangelist Warren. I think we got to go back to preaching the gospel again. The simplistic gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the problem is, is that we're raising a whole generation who has no revelation of Jesus. And so they think they can live lives on both sides of the rope. Not knowing that the revelation of Jesus makes me jump out of this sin nature. And into holiness. Man, all right. Because when I have a revelation of him, then I have a revelation of me. When he's revealed, so am I. And I can see myself rightly now. Because why? He is the perfect image of the invisible God. He's the mirror image of what I should look like. And I can look into his eyes and see an imperfection in myself. And say, Lord, what you see inside of me, take it out. See, I don't pray the prayer anymore, Lord, if you see it. I'm at this place where I'm saying, Lord, I know it's there. So do you. Get it out. I no longer want to be conformed to the former lusts. Be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind, your soul. All right. Now watch this. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance. So the revelation of Christ null and voids ignorance. So now you are learned. 
You're not uh, Proverbs 12, verse 1. The word said it. You're not stupid. <laughs> You're not stupid. <laughs> All, right. All right. Now, you know what? Let's go to verse 22 real quick. First uh, uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 22. And then we're going to close this thing. I just want to show you four ways of the path that obedience leads you to. Four things that the obedience leads you to. Glory to God. All right, verse 22, and it says, since you have purified your souls in what? Obeying, Obeying the truth through the, through the what? In sincere love of the brother. Oh, man. Isn't, isn't that amazing that Apostle John just stood up here and prophetically declared honoring one another? He didn't know that this was in the, in the, the message today, but here it is right now. Here it is confirming it. The Lord knew. And love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, God, not of what? Corruptible seed, but of through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Watch this. Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers. Man, we done heard this preached a million times. The grass withers and its flowers falls away. But the word of the Lord. You know the word of the Lord by the spirit of the Lord. See, I, I, I know I can talk this here because you teach this, Dad. This Word of God most definitely is alive. We know it. The Word of God is alive. But this Word of God is not alive without the Spirit of God. I'm sorry. This Word of God is not alive without the Spirit of God. Now, this is the Word. Wait, back up, back up. The verse 24. I'm sorry. The grass withers because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of the man is... A man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers and its flowers uh, falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, why does the word of the Lord endure forever? Because the word of the Lord is breathed by the spirit of God. Now, the pneuma, which we know that the pneuma in its identity and its purest identity is a part of what we call the triune God. I said what we call because many people got it mixed up. We ain't going to talk about the apostolic church ahead of that. But <laughs> they got it twisted. All right. All right. That's a whole other message for another day. Well, actually, you already preached that, so no nobody else got to touch it. You just need to post that all over. The... Okay. <laughs> all right. So... So what we call the triune God. So actually, Numa is holy. His identity is Holy Spirit or God, the Spirit. We know that God is what? Eternal. We know God's eternal. If God is eternal and the word of God is or the word is breathed by God, then the word must be eternal also. In other words, what was true then, still true now.
And if God asked them to be holy then. Matter of fact, the first time, actually Paul, which you actually would see this a lot. Paul, because he was so astute and the Torah, a lot of his teaching was pulled from the Old Testament. So Paul actually pulled, be ye holy for I am holy from Leviticus. That's the first time you see the phrase, be ye holy. Actually, I believe it's Leviticus 24. Yeah, 24, I believe. He pulls it from Leviticus 24 and now pulls it into the New Testament. In other words, what it's telling us is that the same commandment then. What God asked us to be obedient to then is what he's asking us to be obedient to now. This is why it's important that we have a revelation of Jesus. Because Jesus was in the beginning when the word was first given. And he's the one who fulfilled the word. And if he can fulfill it then, he can fulfill it in your life now. All you need is a flesh, fresh glimpse of Jesus. Won't you look at somebody and say, just take a fresh look. Just take a fresh look. Now watch this. Matthew 7, 13 says, broad. Is the gate that leads to destruction. Broad is the gate that leads to destruction. Sorry obedience. Lazy obedience. Distorted obedience. (laughs) Delusional obedience. Stupid obedience. Proverbs 12 verse 1. Stupid obedience. You just stupid. Okay. All right. Matter of fact, put Proverbs 12 verse 1 up there. Let's read that. You got to see this. It's actually all throughout Proverbs. He, he's very brutal. He, I mean, it's, it's very, it's, yeah, truthful. It's true. Let's read this together so it can pierce all of us at the same time. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. You hate correction, you're stupid, Saul. He probably got this from Saul. He was probably looking back at it. Yeah, Saul was stupid. <laughs> stupid. You stupid, Saul. All right, so broad is the gate that leads to destruction. These are stupid people. I'm, I mean, just this is, this is stupid people. This is why they're stupid, though. That gate leads to destruction. In other words, it's a broad path with one end. Everybody's going to say, matter of fact, they're taking turns dying. They just take it. They're, oh my goodness. They're in line watching each other jump off the cliff. I'll go next. I'll go next. Because it's a broad path, but it has one, one thing, one end. One end. Now, watch this. And narrow is the gate that leads to life. There is no dead end in life. Matter of fact, uh, when Jesus says John 10, 10, uh, let's put that up there. John 10, 10, I'm sorry. I know I'm, I'm working y'all a little bit. I ain't. <laughs> John 10, 10. Glory to God. 
It says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to... I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Have it. It is life. Matter of fact, if you were to look up the word life in, in the Hebrew or the Greek, it actually means abundant life. It actually means abundant life. Matter of fact, it actually means renewed life. It means renewed life. It also means life, health, and strength. It also means life full of prosperity. Life full of prosperity. So watch this. There's many paths that lead to a stupid end. But there is a hard path that leads to an abundant end. The thing is this, is that what's hard about simple obedience is nothing. We have the easy part. Our part is just to stay and obey. Stay and obey. His part is to do the abundant life. That's the hard part. Matter of fact, so what I'm saying to you is when he says to Moses, Moses, go speak to the rock. That wasn't hard, actually. That's easy. Moses, rock, I command you to have water now. Give me water. The hard part is what God had to do. <laughs> the easy part was just speaking to him. I command you to come out. Matter of fact, wow, while we're here, that's deliverance, guys. Deliverance is not supposed to be this long, drawn-out process. Deliverance is this. I command you by the power of God to come out. I've, I've seen dad do it. I command you by the power of God to come out. And the Lord does the hard work. Matter of fact, I've heard Apostle John pray this during deliverance. Holy Spirit, would you war on the inside? He didn't stand over there. We don't do have to do anything. It's simple obedience. He says that you will cast devils out. It's easy. Just say, come out. I cast you out. He has to do the hard work. Now, obedience leads you on four to two, I believe. I'll just say right now we're going to discuss four things because I pray that uh, dad takes this and I get to come and sit and hear him preach this thing. So, obedience. <laughs> obedience. <laughs> Obedience leads you, to write this down, to the promise of God. Obedience leads you to the promise of God. Uh, I have, I'm actually, currently right now, I teach. And my students are very rough. They're very, very rough. They're very, very rough. And I'm praying for them. I really am. But what I've come to the understanding of is that if I make them a promise... That at the end of the week, you get yourself together, we're going to have a party full of cookies. They, you know, it just, they just tighten up. It's just, oh, it's, there's something about cookies that just tells them it's time to act right. 
Now, I don't know what it is for you. But for me, my wife just got on me last night about cookies. So I guess for me, it is cookies, too. That's why I offered them cookies. And I'm really, I be pray, I'm like praying on the other side. Lord, I want them to be obedient. Not just because I want to have an easy day. But Lord, I want to enjoy cookies with them. <laughs> See, because if they don't, if they're not right, then it's wrong. My principal, the principal like, now, Mr. Ash, you can't eat in front of the kids. And I'm like, Lord God. If you only knew how bad they were this week, and I had to lay hands on them without them knowing it. (laughs) So, in other words, I make a promise to them. And because I make a promise to them, 70% of the time they're obedient. 70% of the time they're obedient. Now, what God is asking of us is 100%. But he has a promise for you. Go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. Oh, I'm sorry. And 16. We're going to go through 17. I'm sorry. And said, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son. Your only son, blessing, I will bless you. Man, you better receive this right now. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of your enemies. other words because of Abraham's obedience to take what was his only his only son up to the mountaintop because God asked him to simple obedience actually opened up the door for an abundant blessing to hit his life the promise of God the promise of God hit his life simply because he was obedient And that's the same blessing that God has for you. Do you know, man, I don't want to get deep off into this because, uh, okay. Do you know that the same blessing that's upon Abraham is actually on your life? The same blessing that's on Abraham was on Jesus' life. And I know you know this, but I got to remind you again, Jesus was not poor. He was an obedient servant to the Lord. Father, nevertheless, at your will. Because of obedience, the blessing of the Lord chased Abraham down. Because of obedience, the blessing of the Lord chased Isaac down. Because of obedience, the blessing of the Lord chased Jesus down. And because of obedience, the blessing of the Lord is going to chase you down. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. Now second, obedience leads you to the presence of God. The presence of God. David uh, tried 
his first time to go and retrieve the Ark of the Covenant. David decided that he was going to do things his way. And we all know that David ended up getting a man killed. He ends up getting this guy struck down, um, falls over dead, all because of sloppy obedience. He, he went to go get it. He had this honor for the Lord. He didn't do it right. But second, the second time, what David does is now he goes and gets a word from the Lord. He says, I'm not going this time unless the Lord says to go. And so now David goes with a word and instruction. A word and instruction. The word was go and get it. Instruction was how to go retrieve it. Man, okay. The word and the instruction. And David goes, and this time he goes to Obed-Edom's house, and he goes and retrieves the Ark of the Covenant successfully. He comes in praising God. Why? Because of obedience. And I declare to you today that if you're obedient, the presence of God is going to chase you down. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. You can't have the presence of God without obedience. You can't have his presence without obedience. The third thing is the power of God. The power. Look at somebody and say the power of God. If you look at Acts chapter 10, I don't have time to go all the way through it, but if you look at Acts chapter 10, I believe it's verse 44. This Gentile man, he is beseeching the Lord for something. You know he was beseeching the Lord for something because he was giving alms, paying alms, and he was praying daily, the Bible says. Fasting. Matter of fact, the Bible says he committed himself to paying alms, fasting, and praying daily. 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 So he was beseeching the Lord for something. And the something had to have been this. All of a sudden, an angel appears to him and he hears the word from the Lord that says, go and get Peter and bring him on back over here. Peter, at the same moment, gets a word from the Lord. And the Lord says to Peter, go on and get your behind over there and preach to these Gentile men. Now, Peter has a little argument with the Lord. You tell Peter had a different relationship with God. You know, Peter was a little mouthy. And the Lord had to get Peter together. <laughs> you know, he was one of them people that, God, I don't know about that. I ain't going over there. And the Lord said, no, you going over there. I'm going to show you. And so the Gentiles man's servants, he sends the servants. They go and retrieve Peter. God gives Peter strict instructions now that my power or my anointing is not just for the Jews. It is now for everybody who desires to receive it by faith. By faith. And so Peter goes and while Peter is simply preaching, Peter's not doing anything miraculous. Simple obedience. Look at somebody shout simple obedience. He was simply obedient, preaching the word of God. And the Bible says, wow, he was preaching. The power of God fell in the room and everyone in the room was filled with the Holy Ghost, just like Peter and his men. So to the point where Peter and his men was like, whoa, dude. 
There's no way in the world. That, I sound like a surfer, dude. <laughs> There's no way in the world that they have the same blessing or the same power that we have. But they did. They did. Why? Because of simple obedience. And I declare to you today that the power of God is going to chase you down when you simply obey. When you simply obey. And the last thing, and I, I you know what? I, when we get done with this, I want you to stand and I want you to give God your best praise. But the last thing is the prosperity of God. The prosperity of God. The prosperity of God. Go to Genesis 27 verse 8. Genesis 27, verse 8. We could, I mean, we could go deeper into this, that your healing is also in your obedience. Your healing is in your obedience. Remember, Jesus told him, go show them to ten lepers. Go show yourself to the priests. And as they were going, as they were obedient, they were healed. Now, one had another level of obedience. Because he knew once the Lord does it, I owe him a praise. All right. So Genesis 27 verse 8. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Just, we're just going to read that verse. Now, if you understand what's going on, I'm going to give you a little context real quick. Isaac is getting ready to bestow his blessing uh, upon Esau. He tells Esau, go out into the field. And this is what I want you to bring back. And Rebekah hears him. His mother hears him, and Rebecca says, uh-uh, that's the wrong son. God told me the other son. So she was like, Jacob, this is what I want you to do. This is where we're actually picking up the verse. Now, therefore, my son, this is Rebecca now speaking. Obey my voice according to what I command you. So because of Jacob's simple obedience, he falls into the prosperity plan of God. I said he falls into the prosperity plan of God. You do know that the Bible says that God had it planned this way the whole time. This was not a mess up. Jacob was supposed to receive the blessing. This was God's plan. Prosperity was actually already designed to be Jacob's before he was formed in the mother's womb. But, watch this, Esau almost had it. If Jacob would have waited for one second, one second delay in obedience would have allowed, man, oh my goodness, would have allowed Esau to show up with, oh and God has commanded you. Matter of fact, you're, there's a business that God has asked you to start. There's things that God has asked you to do. And you're saying, God, I need this. I need that. But he's saying to you, you're hesitating. Matter of fact, what he's saying is you pump faking. You pump faking. And all I'm saying is, bro, just shoot the three. You know how LeBron is. LeBron always, well, that's my favorite basketball player. But he, all, he always trying to pass the ball. And matter of fact, they say that's what makes him not the greatest because he just don't have that clutch gene. 
But I, I guarantee if LeBron was to shoot that thing, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, no, he not Steph? Okay, okay. But Steph don't hesitate. Steph will pull up this half court before he, he just throwing that thing up. <laughs> and then walk away. Why? Because there's no hesitation. And the problem, the reason why prosperity has been held up in our life is because we're pump faking. We're hesitating. God gave you a business plan and then you tell your friend about it. Okay. Because you're, oh, you know what? God gave me a plan. You, I want to give it to you, brother. I want, I want you to take it. But the Lord gave it to your pump faking with obedience. One, one second. Do you know that the Bible, well, well actually it does say this in Hebrews uh, chapter, I believe chapter four, chapter one. It talks about, uh, chapter one, it talks about the voice of God holding the earth in place. Now watch this. Scientists, we're getting ready to go. Scientists say that if the earth was just a centimeter to the right or to the left, we'd either freeze to death or we'll burn up. We'll either freeze to death or we'll burn up. But God has put laws in place. Watch this, that even himself, he himself have to abide by. He abides by his own law. Why? Because the Bible says that God holds his word above his name. He holds his own word above his name. And because of the law that he's put in place, his voice has to be the echoing ring that holds us. Man, oh my goodness. All I'm trying to tell you is that if God has to be obedient, and we're supposed to be like God. What do you think you're supposed to do? Now stand and receive this blessing. I believe, God, lift your hands. I believe today, God is saying to us, my, my child, obey my voice and what I command you. And watch this. Here's the blessing. And I have commanded blessings ready to take you down and overshadow you. Remember this from Luke chapter 1. I have commanded blessings ready to take you down and to overshadow you. Come upon you just like I did with Mary. Mary had supernatural conception because she had simple obedience. God desires to lead you into the John 10, 10 life. But are you willing to obey? Are you willing to obey? Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, if you are willing and obedient, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And if that's you this morning, this is what I simply want you to do. You don't need nobody to lay hands on you. You need the Holy Spirit to touch your heart. So I want you to begin to pray to the Lord. Come on. We're going to take a minute. Go ahead. Go, go, go. 
You know those things that you've been struggling with obedience in. You know those things that have been keeping you captive or holding you up from saying yes to the Lord. Wholeheartedly holding you up from saying, God, I trust you. God, I obey. And allowing your actions to follow. And this is the moment, just like David. David confessed. He meditated. And then he caught a rhema word from the prophet Nathan. You have you've received so many rhema words. Not even just today. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Some of you in this room right now are struggling with addictions to many different things. And those are the things that are holding you up from being obedient to the Lord. In this moment, the Lord wants to set you free, but all you have to do is say, Lord, take it. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Yeah. Come on. There's someone in this room, I had this word earlier, that has a ring in their ear. Their ear is ringing. If that's you, just come. You have a ringing in your ear. Touch now in Jesus' name. Lord, take him into another reality. A place where healing is real. Now, Lord. Now, 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 now. Go now in Jesus' name. There's another person, I believe, in this room and online. You have pain in your lower back. Pain in your lower back if that's you. Come, 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 come. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Be healed right now. You online receive that healing right now. Let the healing virtue of the Lord flow. Go! Go now in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, touch. Every ounce of pain, leave now in Jesus' name. Now, go, 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 go. Now, Lord. Now, just receive it by faith. Receive it by faith. This is how the power flows, by faith. You don't need to feel nothing. You just need to receive it. Go! Now, now, now. There's one more person with ringing in their ear. There's one more. Okay. Yeah. Now in Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Come on, pray, church. Be healed now in Jesus' name. What better gift than to be touched by the master? 
<laughs> oh man. Woo! Show ta na 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 man. Yes, Lord. Flow now in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Show ta na 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 na. Show ko ta 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 na 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 na. Now, Lord. Oh. Be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. Listen, I want to tell you this. The same power now, man, I don't want you to get too excited at this, but I want you to hear this. The same power that's moving here, that same power can move at your house. That same power, the evangelist in me is coming out now. That same power can move in the restaurant. I've been in restaurants before, and the waiter would come, and the Lord would give us a word of knowledge. When it's someone who's sitting at the table, and we would end up praying for the waiter, and their leg would grow out right in front of us. Matter of fact, we had a one time we were serving at a church, and the production director. We didn't know that she had been living with her leg, one of her legs shorter than the other. Am I right, babe? So I said, we're getting ready to leave. Everybody was ready to go, probably like you are now. But the best miracles happen when everybody's ready to go. I'm, all right, okay. <laughs> that's, that's normally when the Lord wants to start moving. When, you, when you're trying to get out the door, he's like, wait, 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 wait. I just got one more thing to show you. Last night, I was up at 5 a.m. I'm not telling you this to gloat. I'm telling you because this is, I'm telling you this is real. I was up at 5 a.m. and I wanted to go to bed. And the Lord said to me, wait, wait, wait. I want to show you something. That's how he'll do you. I know, I know you've done that before. I want to show you something, friend. Beloved, I, I want to show you something. And then you'll get in that word, and he won't let you go for hours. Y'all, I ain't been to sleep yet. <laughs> I ain't been to sleep. I came straight out of prayer with the Lord and came straight here. Matter of fact, my wife told, told me last night, you only slept for three hours, and it was on the floor at my parents' house because we had a little Christmas party last night. But the moment I woke up, we went home. I just heard the Lord say, come, come, come. And I went. She went on to sleep for an hour and 45 minutes. She calculated it. <laughs> you know how you women are about y'all rest. And she went on and went to sleep for an hour and 45 minutes. Don't wake me up before that. Okay. When I was with the Lord, and every time I tried to sneak away, say let me show you something else let me show you something else that's actually what he's doing right now he's saying to you guys let me show you something else don't leave me friend don't leave me friend this is why I'm telling you this because he wants to go home with you he wants to go to the store with you on Monday morning the same power moving right now he wants that same power to move at your job. 
Watch this. This church would be overflowing having to do three services a Sunday if each one of you went to your job and ministered to one person. Simple obedience. Simple obedience. I can tell you this. This is not fake. I work at a Christian school and I would probably say that most of the people that work there don't really have a revelation of Jesus. They don't really have a, you know, okay. They don't really have a revelation of Jesus. So at a Christian school, I find myself sharing Jesus. This is, it's bananas. What I'm telling you is this. The Lord wants to be in every aspect of your life. And if he's not, watch this, and this is a hard truth. You might not want to hear it, but I'm going to say it. If he's not in every aspect of your life, you really need to reevaluate if he's even your savior. Is he really your savior? Because if he's not savior when it comes to you needing your finances to be increased, then he's not savior. Because when he became savior, he also became Lord. In other words, the mercy seat of my life, I removed myself off of it. And I said, Lord, this is your throne. Now, that's why Paul said, I revere no man after the flesh. Oh, man. All right. Okay. Now he's just, he's messing with us now. Okay. He's taking us to another place. Lift your hands. 30 more seconds. Would you just seek the Lord? He's taking us to another dimension. Go there. Do you want to go there? Come on, play out, Mikey. Play prophetically. Come on, pray in the spirit. And then we're leaving. Pray in the spirit. Be healed in Jesus' name. Ringing be gone. Ear open up now. Lord, we step into a reality within a reality a world within a world a place within a place an economy within an economy a city within a city we step into another dimension and Lord this dimension is full of obedience Whoa. this dimension is full of obedience to you this dimension is full of your desires. We make our hearts desire yours. Wow. Glory to God. Oh, nah, 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 nah. Come on, do you want to go there? Donald Lawrence hit on something when he said, let's get back to Eden. Now, he might not know what he was singing. But he prophesied, let's get back to Eden. Let's get back to John 10, 9. Where the door is open. And we enter and we find the tree of life. Which leads us to another dimension. Where the garden of Eden is overflowing. With milk and honey. 
and we have access to it anytime we want because if you are willing and obedient you shall eat the good of the land if you believe it shout hallelujah Come on, lift those hands again. Just lift them, just lift them. Come on. Come on, just receive right now. Just receive right now. Receive right now the fullness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to your name, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we receive your word. We receive your presence. We receive your power. We receive your promise. We receive your prosperity. We will obey. Thank you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Where we have disobeyed. Where we've had delayed obedience. we've had sorry obedience forgive us restore our souls create us a clean heart renew a right spirit on the inside of us take us and use us again take us deeper take us higher take us farther 
into that place of radical obedience which honors you. That place of oneness with you because of obedience. Well, your very nature flows in and out of our lives from heaven and out into the world. You can use us everywhere we go, in the schools, in the workplace, in the marketplace. Use us. Have your way in us. Thank you for this most precious gift. Revelation. Revelation today, we receive it. Wisdom and knowledge and understanding. We receive correction. We receive it today. Thank you. For you said whom you love, you correct. We receive your correction today. We step into obedience. Perfect obedience. We're quick to obey prompt to obey and our hearts are in it we'll not be reluctant in our obedience God we won't obey with a bad attitude we'll obey you because we honor you even when we don't understand we will honor you through our obedience Father now we ask you to bless the man of God that has poured out such a rich, a rich word. Replenish him. Restore him. Energize him. Revitalize him. And let him be the first partaker of the fruit himself. That he sees your promises, your presence, your power, your prosperity in a whole new dimension in his own life his marriage his ministry everything he sets his hands to we command the blessing of the Lord upon his life this moment may he see it quickly and we thank you for it give you the praise in Jesus mighty name if you agree I want you to shout amen now put those hands together and give Father God a great praise right now in this house I'm going to give God a real big praise in this house I want you to thank you for this man of God who ministered the word of God to us today come on give God a real big praise a loud praise